0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning, everyone. Morning family. You're amazing. Such a good-looking bunch of people to spend eternity with. I get to look at you all forever and ever and ever and ever. Have you ever thought about that? (laughs) That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, some of us might move on to eternity before others, but eventually we all get to hang out there together. Yeah, we really need to get our eternal mindset on, don't we? It's not just about here and now. It's not just about here and now. Here and now is just a teeny tiny little percentage of eternity. And what we do on this planet echoes, 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 echoes echoes into eternity with us. We've only got a a little amount of time to make our stamp on the earth right now that we carry through us into eternity. One other thing um, is that we're going to start having worship nights on the first Sunday of every month. So where's Callum? Do I have permission to mention the 4th of June as our first one? Is that good with you you guys? (laughs) We talked about doing it, we just didn't set a date. So we're going to start having worship nights on the 4th of June. On Sunday night, where we can just come. You know, this morning, worship was amazing. We, we don't want it to stop, do we? No. And we just want to keep worshipping. On Sunday nights, we just get to keep worshipping for, for longer and just sit in that place of His presence for longer. And, it, and that is a powerful place, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But who remembers our word for the year? A new thing. New. Is it new thing or just new? <laughs> Let's say new. That's our, that's our word for the year. And it's, my message today is made new. That's, that's the title of my message today. It's from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, which says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past To dwell means to really sit in something and to think about it and to mull it over. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, God says. Now it springs up to you perceive it. To you perceive it. Who's got their spiritual eyes on and can perceive that God's doing something new now? He's doing something new now. I'm making a way in the desert And streams in the wasteland. And we know that Isaiah was talking about the coming Messiah, but he's also talking about the nature of God where he's always doing something new. He's a God of the God season, where he, at specific times throughout history, is doing something new. And I believe we are in one of those seasons right now. Where God is doing a new thing. Yes, one of the things that He does in us is that when we receive Jesus, that we become a new creature. First Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is what a." A new creation. Look at the person next to you and say, you're a new creation. And then it says, the old has gone and the new has come. The old has gone and the new has come. We all love something new, don't we? Do you get excited about something new? Something new and shiny, something fresh. We um we very sadly lost our beautiful dog a few weeks ago. I'm still a bit emotional about it. <laughs> our Chester boy got bitten by a snake, our beautiful Vissler. And I love him. And Mary said to me, Kylie, you can never replace a dog, but you can get another one. She knows me. <laughs> woman after my own heart so um, you know I'm I'm just one of those people that we always had a dog I grew up with a dog when we got married I had a dog we've never been without a dog the house yeah I came with a dog Um, the house just doesn't feel right without a dog so next week we're getting a new puppy We're getting a new puppy in the house. Um, I've got a photo of him. There he is. Isn't he beautiful? I'm really excited about this new puppy. Um, He's a cocker spaniel, he's pretty cute. Um, Chelsea came out yesterday morning. Um, in her pyjamas, and she had her sentimental pyjama pants on that still had a little tear. When Chester was a puppy, he put his tooth through her pyjamas because he loved to tug on your pyjamas. And um, she, they were her sentimental pyjamas. And then she said to me, Mum, I just realised that we're going to get a new puppy that's going to rip our pyjama pants again. And I said, I know, isn't it wonderful? That's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. It's nothing like kids and puppies to beat the perfectionism out of you. <laughs> so we love, we love a new thing, don't we? We love a new thing. But the, the new thing that God does in us, nothing can compare with that, with that kind of new thing that he does in our hearts. Because when we accept Jesus as our saviour and we step into his ways, That new thing, it's like we see everything in in a new way. We see everything in a new way. We see that we we have a destiny in him. We have a purpose in him. It's a whole new way of life. Once you open your spiritual eyes and you see who he is and who you are in him. And the old has gone and the new has come. And you realise that, that that yearning that you've had in your heart your whole life was a, des, a God-given desire that was meant to lead you to Jesus all along. And you even see that in a new way. That emptiness that you tried to fill with so many other things. And you realise that can only be filled with him. It can only be filled with him. And that's why you see people You know, they've got, they get to a place in life where they've achieved success, where they've got the nice house and the nice car and the nice clothes and all the rich friends and they still have that yearning emptiness and they don't know how to fill it. They don't know how to fill it because they don't know Him. And some of them get to the point where they're so empty that they end their lives because they've never had the opportunity to know the only one, the only one that can make them new, the only one that can fulfill them, that can fill that empty place. We start to see every Every gift in our life through new eyes. Every good thing in our life through new eyes because we know that anything good that we have is not because of good fortune or good luck. We know it's only because of Him. He created everything that is good in our lives. Every good gift comes from Him. And we start to see this life in a new way because this life like I just said is only a a short time on this planet like C.S. Lewis said if I find in myself a desire that nothing on this earth can satisfy it's because I wasn't made for here I was made for eternity you were not made for here, you were made for eternity. And so there will be a desire in you that nothing on this planet will ever satisfy. And you can never fill it with money and you can never fill it with any relationship on this earth and you can never fill it with more stuff and you can never fill it with more holidays and you can never fill it with anything apart from Jesus Christ. I am telling you now. I am telling you now. And if you try to, it will leave you empty, dissatisfied, in grief and desperate. Until you come back to him and say, you are the one. You are everything and nothing else. And it's not that he hasn't given us this amazing planet and all the beautiful things on this planet, but they are gifts that come from him and they never are above him. They can never be above him because if they ever are above him, then we find ourselves in that desperate place again where our life is thrown out of balance and we have that dissatisfaction that drives us in the wrong direction. It drives us to search for him in all the wrong places and it leaves us empty and it leaves us desperate and the only place to get centred again is to come back to him. And when it says in Isaiah, I'm making a way in the desert and I'm making streams in the wasteland, has he not made a way in the desert of our heart? Has he not made streams in the wasteland of our soul? Out of the innermost parts, he's put living water in us. So when we come to know him, everything is new. Everything is new. This is the God of the universe. This is the all-powerful one. And we can't step into a relationship with him without there being a seismic shift in our life. Something has to change when we encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The old has gone, the new has come. And if something didn't change in you when you met Jesus, then something is wrong. If something old hasn't died and something new hasn't been birthed in you, something is wrong. And I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm saying you're not appropriating the work that he's done on the cross and bringing it into your everyday life because it becomes part of us. We assimilate it into our soul. What he did on the cross, it becomes part of us because we are new creations. We're not driven by the old desires anymore. We're not trying to achieve the old goals anymore. We're not trying to be satisfied by the The old sparkly things that used to satisfy us anymore because we've been made new. We've been made new. And you know, the most amazing thing is that that is the journey of a lifetime is being made new. A journey of sanctification. And if you've accepted Jesus as, as your Savior and And you just are content to stay there. If you just see your salvation as I'm good with God. And I I have a ticket that will get me into heaven. And I can wave it at the gate and say I'm exempt from the penalty of my sin. And that's all I need. If that's all we see salvation as then we're just stuck at the starting blocks of our race of a lifetime and we haven't taken one step forward. That is just the starting blocks. Salvation is the beginning of our journey of sanctification and Him taking us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. His nature being outworked in us, our nature being transformed to represent Jesus on the earth that is the journey that we're called to we're not called to sit at the starting blocks and say well i'm good i'm i'm good with god i've got my exemption i've got my get out of jail free pass that's all i need That's just the beginning of the journey. That's just the very base level beginning place. He has so much more for us than that. So much more for us than that. And it's exciting. It's exciting. His word is living and active. And if you're bored with your life with God, then please, ask him to show you the new and living way that he has called us to walk in. It's a new and living way. It's a new and living way. It's exciting. It's amazing. Knowing him. So this new creation that we are, it's called to be alive to God. We are called to be alive to God. Come alive. Wake up, sleeper. He is risen and you are risen with him come alive we were singing it this morning I love it Cassie did had no clue what I was speaking about this morning but the Holy Spirit did and spoke to her about it and I love that Romans 6 have we got Romans 6 Romans 6 6 for we know that our old self was crucified with him On that 170 kilo cross. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. The work of freedom that he wrought for us is complete. We no longer have to be ruled by sin. We no longer have to be enslaved by sin. We no longer have to be bogged down by sin. Because it's done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. And then verse 11. Because in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Come alive. Come alive. Wake up, sleeper. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you hear nothing else that I say today, hear this. We are not earthly beings having a spiritual experience when we come to church. We are not. We are spiritual beings having an earthly experience while we are on this planet. We are spirits occupying a temporary body. We are not a body with a little spirit hidden away in there somewhere. But the way we live sometimes, you would think that's how it is because we spend so much time exercising our body, feeding our body all the right food, grooming our body, clothing our body, preening our body... (laughs) If only we spent so much time caring for our spirit as we do caring for our body. Because we're leaving our bodies behind one day and we are being gloriously promoted into our eternal existence. And I'm like, we are stewards of our bodies. I'm not saying don't care for your body. Exercise your body. Eat good food. Dress well, take care of yourself, but please don't neglect the spiritual being that you are because you are more a spiritual being than you are a physical being. This is just a tent that we, Paul said, this earthly tent, I'm going to leave it behind one day. Stop being preoccupied with your body and how you look and your body image and all that stuff. It's just a tent. It's just a tent. We've got to look after it. Brush your teeth. But please. So important. We have 24 hours in a day. How many hours do we spend caring for our physical body in a day? Eating, showering, blow-drying, tanning, clothing. How many hours a day do you spend feeding, nurturing your spiritual self? Out of 24, how many hours? How many hours do you spend a day? I'm not, I'm not saying don't go to the gym. But come on. It's time for the church to get things in perspective. We live on a higher plane. We have a higher consciousness of who he is, who we are, and why we are here. We have a higher consciousness. So why do we live like the world and why do we have priorities that look like the world when we're called to live higher, when we're called to step higher, when we're called to walk higher? I have, Lord give me grace, less and less patience. For people that say, oh, I can't pray for an hour. Oh, I just get too distracted. Oh, I can't get up early and spend time with God. Oh, I just get, my mind wanders during worship. Spiritual discipline. Not as trendy as it used to be. Some people would even label it religious. Oh, if you tell me I have to pray a day, that's religious. Pray an hour a day. If you tell me I have to read the word every morning, that's religious. If you tell me, you know, I should put worship on instead of the radio on the way to work, oh, that's religious. No, I'm telling you how to be spiritually alive. I'm telling you how to be spiritually strong I'm telling you how to build spiritual muscles and be effective on this planet. Otherwise, we're going to live insipid, pathetic, ineffective lives and not fulfill what God has called us to do. I'm speaking to myself as well. Oh, I can't come to an hour of worship on a Sunday night. An hour of worship whole hour of worship I know this is this is where we need to tune into our spiritual senses because we rely so much on our physical senses we rely so much on what we see what we smell what we taste what we hear what we touch in our physical bodies And we need to tune into our spiritual senses. What we hear in the spirit, what we see in the spirit, remember we are more spiritual than we are physical. What we taste, what we smell, the fragrance of heaven, him, his touch, his embrace. If we could only become more in tune with our spiritual senses, then we would all relish, relish, Relish an hour in his presence, an hour in his embrace, an hour to allow him to show us what we need to see, what we need to hear, to hear his voice, to hear his whisper, to taste and See that he's so good to allow him to sustain us, to allow him to minister to our soul. It's time for the church to tune in our spiritual senses. And lay our flesh down. Being part of being alive to Christ is experiencing Him. He never meant for us to live a life devoid of experiencing Him. Experiencing his presence, his embrace, his touch, his voice. We're created for that. But if the enemy can desensitize us to to the spiritual realm, you can be in church, but you can be spiritually asleep. And he's fine with that because that means we're totally ineffective. Totally desensitized to him. He's he's okay with that. Let me read you something that about experiencing Jesus. That A. W. Tozer said. You know you know I'm in the A. W. Tozer at the moment. So and Ash has give just give me a whole new stack of books. So I'm gonna be there for a while. I'm gonna be there for a while. Um. This is what he said, you can't love a God who is no more than a deduction from a text. So there are people that say it's all about the word of God and yes, the word of God is very important. But we also need to experience him, not just know what we read about him, but experience him. And before I read the rest of that, where I was going before, is I know that there are things that have taken place in my life, in my heart, in my soul, in the presence of God that I can't explain to you. Because it's not natural, it's spiritual. And I know that sometimes I will spend an hour in his presence and I will then leave or a day later, I will think that something shifted in me. Somehow I feel more free, somehow I feel more bold, somehow my focus has shifted, I feel more whole, I feel stronger, I feel so loved and I can't tell you what moment that shift took place but I know it took place in the presence of God. And we underestimate what can take place when we spend an hour in worship. You might not be able to rationalise it. You might not be able to tell me the moment that it happened. But I am telling you, I am telling you, if you will set apart time to be in his presence, to be in prayer, to be in his word, something is going to change in you that nothing else can do in you. No one else can do it for you. No amount of sessions in the psychologist's office. No amount of emptying your brain and meditating on nothing. No amount of time on, on antidepressants. And there's no shame. I'm not shaming. I'm just saying there's things that the Holy Spirit can do in us that nothing else can ever do in us. But we We've got to put ourselves there. Stop being so busy. Stop being so busy that you have no time for him. Busyness is artificial significance. It's artificial significance. A.W. Tozer said... Whatever else it embraces, true Christian experience must always include a genuine encounter with God. Without this, religion is just a shadow, a reflection of reality, a cheap copy of the original, once enjoyed by someone else whom we have heard of. It cannot be But a major tragedy in the life of any man or woman to live in a church from childhood to old age and know nothing more real than some synthetic God compounded of theory and logic. But having no eyes to see, no ears to hear and no heart to love. The spiritual giants of old were men who at some time became acutely conscious of the real presence of God and they maintained that consciousness for the rest of their lives. You think about Moses, he encountered God on the mountain. He encountered God at the burning bush. Solomon. Solomon heard God cry out, Samuel, heard God call out his name as a child. So many of the great Paul had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus when he was on his way to somewhere else. And that encounter never left them. When you have had an encounter with God, no one can ever tell you that he is not real. No one can ever convince you that he is not real. Because it stays with you your whole life. And the reason why God took that veil and he tore it from top to bottom is because he knew that we needed to encounter him for ourselves. And he, and it's he's opened the way. And he's just in his throne room saying, come, come, come. I've torn away everything that could ever separate you and me. I've forgiven every sin that could ever separate you and me. I've paid the price for every shame that could ever separate you and me. I'm just waiting for you to come I'm just waiting for you to come why wouldn't we why wouldn't we why wouldn't we If you're you're hungry, if you're yearning, if you're lonely, if you're feeling desperate, just come into His presence. Just come into His presence. There's so much healing there. There's so much fulfilment there. There's so much truth there. There's so much joy there. So much goodness. So much strength. So much boldness. Peace. If you need peace, just come into his presence. own your spiritual senses I just feel like we need to respond to him to stand to your feet if you feel like the Father is saying to you come come closer come closer there is no condemnation don't even give the enemy One moment of victory in this place there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus all I want you to focus on now is not what you haven't done not how you've let yourself down or him down or anyone what I want you to focus on right now is his his arms open welcoming you, welcoming you to come and sit at his right hand, to come and kneel at his feet, to come and lay down before him and just spend time in his presence. Father, I thank you that you are almighty God. You are so gracious and kind, forgiving and loving, so generous. Thank you that we're always welcome. We're always welcome in your presence, Father. And that's that's the place where restoration takes place, that's the place where you heal every wound, where where you soothe every disappointment, where you set everything right. That's the place where we receive new for old. It's a place where you can show us the new thing that you're doing in us and in our family and in our city, God. We ask that you sharpen our spiritual senses, Lord. Make us so aware of you. More alive to you then we are alive to anything in of this world. More alive to you. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.